0: We saw, like, okay, these are tools that are available to literally everyone. Like, VRChat is free. Unity is free. Blender is free. And you can make a compelling experience with it. And that really just blew the doors open.
1: Happy Friday, everybody. I'm Brendan Bradley with the Fifth Wall Forum, committed to bringing together industry insiders from the theater and technology worlds to create opportunities for new kinds of virtual... Performance And today I'm having a conversation with Braden Roy, the co founder of the Ferryman Collective, a VR immersive creator, and part of Team Zoo On with the Fifth Wall Forum. Today's conversation is brought to you by the Fifth Wall Forum Discord channel, a robust community of almost 300 technologists and artists sharing job postings, tutorials, upcoming performances, and the home of Artifract Friday, where our mentors and collaborators share artifacts from their work, giving Fifth Wall Forum members a first glimpse at the latest. In innovation and immersive storytelling. Find out more at our website at fifthwallforum.com. That's 5 dot T-H-W-A-L-L-F-O-R-U-M.com. And now let's get to the conversation. Welcome, Braden.
0: Hello, thank you for having me.
1: Thanks for being here. And I always wanna ask people, how did you find out about the Fifth Wall Forum? What led you to this mistake <laughs> to get involved with this crazy group of people?
0: I uh, actually don't recall specifically where I found it. I follow a lot of you on different social media, but uh, at the time I was just wrapping up production on one prior production, Para, and going into another. And I thought it seemed to be something that was exactly up my alley and, uh, Excellent excuse to get my hands dirty with uh, some like-minded fellows.
1: Now, you are no stranger to getting your hands very, very dirty in the pixels. Tell me about the Ferryman Collective, because what's actually funny is in the last two interviews that I have done, the Ferryman Collective have come up. So you all have quite a reputation and a legacy.
0: Thank you. Um, we kind of came together in September of 2020, and it was myself and Brian Tull who were big fans of immersive theater, in VR specifically, we had met and kind of connected over The Under Presents, and we had gotten in touch with Deirdre Lyons, who was a performer in The Under Presents and also Finding Pandora X, and we all kind of just talked back and forth about being excited about the medium and, and how we can push it forward, and also about being very disappointed that Halloween was essentially canceled. So, on <laughs> a lark, we... Put something together in VR and with a budget of negative dollars, and <laughs> <laughs> spun it up in in VR chat, and creating Para, a short form horror live immersive theater production. And then afterwards, we were like, "Well, that that went over pretty well. It was a test run. Let's let's see how far we can push this." And Brian, uh, he goes by Krampus typically on social media and Discord, is. Pretty big fan of Krampus, as you might guess, and he had it in his head that we should try to do something for Christmas, because that seems to be a time which is traditionally underserved in the immersive theater community.
1: And the horror community. And the horror community.
0: <laughs> it went over really well. People people loved it. We had an initial short run thinking, okay, this is a seasonal thing, so we can't go too long with it, but we just kept selling out and out and kept extend until finally it was like okay we're into January now it's getting a bit silly uh we should maybe
1: oh no way Home Alone was in theaters until May when it came out so there's there's no end on Christmas I actually went to an early performance of Krampus Noct, um and really enjoyed it and then you all were nominated for the Producers Guild of America Innovation Award for the show as well
0: yes yes likewise uh, your team and, and uh, Jettison I had such a great time
1: at Krampus Noct I actually got booted out of Knocked in the middle of the show. And I like logged myself back in and like got reset at the like starting point where you like change into costumes. And I knew I could walk through the wall though. <laughs> so <laughs> I walked through the wall of the cabin and then I like wandered the forest because I was like, I know they were about to head into the forest. It was like being lost in the woods because I could slowly start to hear from one of the spatial audio sides. And I like kind of just navigated myself in that direction and finally stumbled on the show again, which was kind of fun as an audience member. <laughs> yes. So talk about now bringing your experience from Para and Krampus knocked into in Route.
0: We have Victoria Grunberg, who has a history as a producer-director and Broadway and Off-Broadway in New York City. And we have W.J. Moore, whose background is a television producer. And Alexander Korov goes by Sasha, actually, who... Is the astrophysicist and uh, has produced different pieces in VR under a company name Omniscope, and then of course Kat Hinkle of the agency bureau based in Philly. So we had a real hodgepodge of insanely talented folks on our team. But how I was able to translate my prior experience more specifically was from an experiential design standpoint and how to provide agency while also having a semblance of linearity to keep things from being too unwieldy and still have a narrative that's driven and scripted and, and to a point.
1: For those that weren't a part of the Fifth Wall Forum, can you unpack a little bit what it was like in that early Connector workshop and then those first meetings with your team? Like, What was it like being in the virtual room with this team and slowly figuring out your roles and your collaboration style, and kind of the project that you wanted to bring to life together.
0: It was pretty exciting. Um, It it felt a lot like the first day of school, in a sense, and you guys having the example team put together, uh, Romeo and Juliet, just on the fly, was incredibly impressive and really got the gears going in my mind and then once we broke away into our distinct teams it was even more like the first day of school where you're meeting your new classmates and figuring out how you fit together and your different cliques together and you know who likes what who did this what did you do over <laughs> the summer break you know that sort of thing it it was extremely refreshing honestly
1: and what what made what led you all to en route
0: it honestly it changed quite a bit even that first day uh, initially we had thought about doing something where Someone is in a museum, a magic museum of sorts, and is able to step into the past and see how different choices can affect and kind of ripple out throughout society. That's cool. Yes. Our our real focus was on how can we show agency and how the choices that the individual makes affect the greater society and vice versa. Cool. So we wanted to put people in an experience which, without being preachy, would maybe allow them to take a step out of their own shoes and into someone else's and see things from others' perspective.
1: I was so impressed during the reveal, you all actually showed quite a significant piece in your vertical slice. Can you speak a little bit to the actual building all that out? Because our teams only had like two months to like throw all to not only come up with an idea, not only come up with a show, but then to actually execute on a moment of that. And I feel like you all brought such an, a remarkable package together.
0: Absolutely. Mm-hmm. We initially looked at VR, and then afterwards we thought like, okay, we want to make sure that this is incredibly accessible to anyone and is something where everyone can see themselves and each other all at the same time. So we moved over to spatial platforms and and looked at productions like Thicket in Topia and things done in Gather.town, which are similar spatial platforms on the web. And going through them, we found like these are super impressive. However, the things that we wanted to do were not quite possible. So, we threw it over to Sasha, our tech guru and science guru, and he said, you know, we can make our own using some open source tools and putting in a little bit of secret sauce, which we did, and he got things working and from that we decided, okay, we can take this, we need to make a vertical slice. We know our script, we have our platform. So, let's do it. And, and we did.
1: So you are more than a show. You are an actual platform. Essentially you're a bespoke world tool. Um, tell me about what you've done since the reveal. Have you continued to develop out either just the platform or the platform and other shows?
0: The platform itself has continued to grow and evolve in some very cool ways. Um, initially we had video feeds in kind of static positions, um, within the browser window, as an example, while now we have them above the avatar's head. Um, Things like that, and and establishing further mechanics of how the audience and actors and crew can interact with the world and each other. Um, We haven't done any uh, work specifically into bringing other shows to it other than conceptually, but that's something that we very much want to look into in opening this up to other people so that they can come to us with their ideas and their visual designs and concepts and mechanical designs and we can facilitate the creation of further spatial productions such as ours
1: How do you all stay in touch now that you know in in the virtual world on different schedules on your kind of nights and weekends what is kind of the the project management for a virtual side hustle you No know,
0: it's the same as I assume many of the other teams are doing in that we're kind of utilizing Discord. We've created our own server um, just so that we can have a little bit more flexibility with the channels. And aside from that, you know, email and different scheduling tools and workflow tools to keep us all on task and up to snuff with what we're supposed to be doing.
1: What is the missing ingredient that if your team could get access to, it might actually help you go to that next level? Other than obviously like more hours in the day and unlimited funding.
0: <laughs> yes, yes. With any production so- such as this, a big thing is trying to communicate to an audience what it is and that it exists. So more than anything, aside from obviously having someone hand us a million dollars or something <laughs> like that, is having ways to communicate to potential audience members that, hey, we're out here. This this exists. This is an experience that you can have. It's not something that existed even a couple of years ago and now is here and you can access it from anywhere. But trying to communicate that succinctly and naturalistically in a way that won't seem like an ad or intrusive or forcing someone to be like, no, 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 this. trust me, you just got to trust me, this is cool, it's totally not a scam or whatever. <laughs> um, those are the tools that we really need to, to move forward. What now. has
1: been the most... Successful messaging so
0: far. I found that uh, visual mediums are very helpful, particularly video. In this case, in that you don't have to task someone with reading several paragraphs of what something is or isn't, or digging around. They can just hit play and kind of naturally digest what the experience is. Aside from that, in in terms of like talking with different people and explaining what I'm doing, like to my family <laughs> and friends who are like, what what are what insanity are you up to now is um, <laughs> kind of explaining it as either imagine live NPCs in a video game or imagine being dropped into the middle of a film and you yourself get to be a character in real time. That's cool. And that cool. seems to connect with people. Those, those two concepts, depending on the person, seem to get the same idea across.
1: And is that then resulted in, do you all have a name for the platform or the quote-unquote company?
0: Uh, We've thrown some things around, but nothing to announce at this time. Um, Some of them are a little goofier than others. You know how it goes when you're throwing around ideas. Sometimes just to kind of shake things loose, you'll throw out some stuff that's completely off the wall. Like um, I think one was Chuckle (laughs) Fork, which probably isn't the best idea. I don't know. It'll go viral. People
1: won't forget it. That's
0: right. (laughs)
1: going back to your initial experience before the shutdown and before kind of the new normal of virtual tools, were, were you designing similar real-life immersive experiences?
0: I was not, and that's actually something that really excites me about what we've been doing and what everyone else in the field has been doing around Fifth Wall Forum, and that's that It's allowed the world to shrink in a very meaningful way and bring these sorts of experiences to people who otherwise wouldn't have access. Like I, I myself am based in South Dakota of all places, which for all of the great things about the state, it's not exactly known for being a cultural oasis for the arts. Not yet. So not yet. Up until not yet. (laughs) So prior to that, yeah, no, it just had not been a possibility. I knew of experiences like these, and I was deeply involved from VR for years and years and years. Um, But in terms of actual creation, I just didn't think it was something that was possible until the world shrunk.
1: Specifically in VR, people have kind of talked about it being 10 months away for like 20 years. Um, Mm -hmm. What do you think is holding people back? You talk about the world shrunk to allow this kind of community of more immersive interactive experiences What do you think needs to happen for the world to shrink and really understand and adopt uh, technologies like VR?
0: I think one of the big hurdles, which has been there from the beginning, was accessibility in terms of price being one and in terms of manageability and cumbersomeness, which a lot of that was eliminated for better or worse by the Oculus Quest. Um, No longer do you need to spend... A thousand plus dollars on a gaming PC and then nearly a thousand dollars on the hardware in order to actually experience it. Instead, you can just go spend three hundred dollars and you've got everything you need. Um,
1: as long as you have a face, as long as account. you have
0: that's the thing, yeah. <laughs> that's, but that's that's another discussion, but yeah, I that that was the big barrier of entry, and now that that has passed, it's communication. Mainly communicating why a person needs this, what sort of experiences they have. And I'm I'm sure that you're well aware that like trying to explain to someone the experience of VR is not something that can be communicated through words or pictures. Someone has to try it. You have to actually have them put the headset on. You can talk to them all day about like, oh, it's like you're in a different place. You it's not a a screen floating in front of your face you're there but until a person actually tries that and knows why they should try it they're not necessarily going to do it so it's a matter of communication now now that one of those hurdles has been eliminated somewhat
1: have you gotten to watch your community or like your family or your peer group that has started to like come to your shows start to understand it has it been communicated or do you still like for example i have no problem saying my mom has still never gone inside a vr show of mine she has watched the secondary stream she is very supportive but it is not for her yet so like have you had any success kind of onboarding your own community
0: to an extent um i got my niece and nephew into vr early on however my parents it's still like a little confusing. They're still asking me, like, so you're making those movies and stuff still. It's like, no, no, nope, no move. Nope, that's not... W- I appreciate you caring. Thank you, Mom and Dad. But hopefully soon. Right. They actually did recently purchase Quest 2s, and I'm I'm trying to, to get them through the process of checking it out. They seem enthusiastic, though.
1: What was that light bulb moment for you of going, like, oh, I actually want to, like, create this, and I think this medium speaks to me?
0: Prior to all this mm-hmm. happening, like, I had read about immersive theater and, and had been involved with VR since prior to the first Oculus dev, dev kit in some capacity. But I think it was uh, honestly the under presents. It had been something that had kind of percolated in, in my mind. And I'm sure many, many, many other people's of like, okay, what if we had live NPCs essentially in concept? And it always seemed like it was an impossibility, something that wouldn't be scalable or, wouldn't be able to do a mode or wouldn't be whatever. But then Tender Clause comes along and is like, here, look, check it out. Here's this weird thing. And it it blew me away and reminded me of like, okay, that we can do this. This is something that is feasible. It's not fully figured out by any means, but it's something that we can figure out together as a community and and having people rally behind that and, and seeing stuff like um, Adventure Lab coming out with, uh, Dr. Crumb's School for Disobedient Pets and cemented it as being very real. But more than anything, it was when myself and Brian Tull were invited to a dress rehearsal of Finding Pandora X prior to Venice the other year. And we saw like, okay, this these are tools that are available to literally everyone. Like VRChat is free. Unity is free. Blender is free and you can make a compelling experience with it. And that really just blew the doors open.
1: That resonates so deeply with me because I'm always like, look, it's free, use it. But people then still feel kind of a presumed helplessness with new technology. What has been your kind of entry point into taking on platforms, technologies that you don't have any experience in, but you feel comfortable enough at least dipping your toe in to see if maybe you can navigate
0: I'd say it's one part immersive learning. I mean, when you talk to people about learning a second language, they'll they'll say that one of the best ways, and quickest, most effective ways, is just throw you in a situation where you have no choice but to learn it, and where you're just surrounded by <laughs> right. it. Right. And also, you know, YouTube videos, um, fan wikis—like there's such such a huge amount of resources out there just floating around for free, and it's just a matter of deciding. I'm going to do this, and then at that point, it's there for you. It can seem intimidating in that there seems like there's so many different points of entries and what should I learn first and what should I do first? and do I have time for this? Am I talented enough for this? But as soon as you make that decision, regardless of your background or your skill set or perceived skill set, as soon as you decide that and just start somewhere anywhere, just dive in. the the water's fine.
1: I know that you're still developing out and building out the, the platform that shall not be maimed. Um, what is next for the Ferryman Collective?
0: Right now, we are in the final stages of development of a show called Severance Theory, Welcome to Respite, which is actually an adaptation of a show which previously existed IRL um, from co Productions. It deals with dissociative identity disorder and trauma and connection. And connection is the big thing that was the selling point for me personally in that for all the cool, inspiring moments that can be done in VR that people focus on, it's the the small things, the interpersonal connection that can be made, the fact that you can go up to someone and hug them in VR and almost feel it and feel that sense of presence that I really wanted to drill in on and this project allowed for it. Right now, that is premiering as part of Tribeca Immersive in June. And then, congratulations! Thank you. And we'll be um, in Cannes XR in some capacity. Um, we won't know if we're an official selection until May 27th. Though I think the chances are pretty good. Fingers crossed. I mean, there's not we'll, a
1: lot of people doing this stuff, so no, like, no. <laughs> I gotta imagine you're at least on the list.
0: Yes, and we'll we'll be present at uh, Tribeca and. Cans and New Images, another festival over in Europe, joined forces last year due to the pandemic to create something called XR3. So we will have presence at those regardless of whether we're official selections, but I I think our chances are pretty good. Um,
1: Well... Braden, tell us where we can follow along with that journey and maybe go see the show. I've been hearing whispers about invited little rehearsals and moments that people have been raving about that I know personally. So anytime <laughs> you need people to just come watch the show, I'm happy to do that. Um, but let us know where we can follow that work as well as you. Where can we find you on the internets?
0: For Welcome to Respite, you can go to welcometorespite.com. That's R-E-S-P-I-T-E. Um, for Enroute, you can go to enroute.space space. That's E-N-R-O-U-T-E dot space. And then for me personally, I'm Braden underscore Roy for Twitter and Bradenroy. Roy, no spaces or underscores on Instagram.
1: Perfect. Well, thank you, sir. I really appreciate your time. Thank you.
0: Yes, absolutely. Thank you for having me.
1: Thank you so much to Braden Roy for the conversation. If you want to join me on the show, find me online at the handle Brendan A. Bradley or go to fifthwallforum.com to find out more. I'm Brendan Bradley wishing you a happy Friday and I'll see you next time.